0: Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. So before we get into the Word, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your Word. It is a light and a lamp unto our feet. It shows us the way through life. I thank you, Father, that our ears are anointed to hear. And I pray, Father, that you just flow through me as your vessel to every person to hear what it is they need in their life to have faith and hope and to be strong in you. I thank you, Lord God, that your word does not return void, but it will accomplish what you plan in the places that it's sent. And so as we turn our attention and our minds to the word of God today, I thank you that we will be students of the word receiving receiving the words of life receiving the words of health receiving the words of deliverance receiving the words of peace receiving father everything that is needed because you are you know everything about all of us and father i just thank you that you your ears are open to our prayers and holy spirit just teach us now in jesus name and we all said amen Amen. so if you have your bible or turn on your phone. <laughs> I've never said that before. <laughs> you have to realize, uh, you know, at my age, it's shocking. The phone we had, you know, was one long and two shorts. You know, the old ringer phone? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think the young people don't even know we used to have those. Anyway, Ephesians chapter six. And as always, I will be reading out of the Amplified Bible. So, it should be on the screen, in conclusion, verse 10, 6-10, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with Him, and we want to know right off the bat that our strength comes from our union with God. Our strength comes from our union with God. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him, that strength which is boundless might provides. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavily armed soldier, which God supplies, that you may be able to successfully stand against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, continuing only with physical opponents, but against despots, despots, against the powers, against the master spirits, the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. Now, we're going to stop right there for a minute. I just want to uh, mention that he talks about where our battle is. And as Pastor Don has said, our battle is not with flesh and blood. It's not the the people that you live with or work with or people, but it's against uh, spiritual wickedness in high places. And so today, now hold on, don't leave. We're going to talk about spiritual warfare. Are you still here? (laughs) We're just going to talk about spiritual warfare. I know, I I know, uh, you know, people kind of get afraid when we talk about that. We think, oh, no, but that's what the Bible says, right? Spiritual wickedness in high places. Verse 13, therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all the crisis demands, stand firmly in your place. "'Stand, therefore, hold your ground, "'having tightened the belt of truth around your loins, "'and having put on the breastplate of integrity, "'moral rectitude, and right standing with God, "'and having shod your feet in a preparation "'to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, "'the promptness and the readiness "'produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. "'Lift up over all the covering, shield of faith, Upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword that the Spirit wields. Now, my Bible says, the sword that the Spirit wields. So, this prayer is coming from inside us, it's coming from the Spirit, our, the Spirit of God on the inside of us. That's why we need to stay in union with Him. Amen? And be prompted by Him as we pray the sword that the Spirit wields, which is the Word of God. And I just want to say this about that. The Spirit and the Word, those two things are just like a pack of dynamite. I'll say it again. Those two things, the Spirit and the Word combined together in your prayer is like a pack of dynamite. Amen. Those two things, the Spirit and the Word. Amen. I mean, it just is like dynamite when you put them together. Verse 19, well, let's see, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Verse 18, pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert, watch with strong purpose, perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people and pray for me also that freedom of utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth to proclaim boldly the mystery of the good news the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in a coupling chain in prison pray that I may declare it boldly and courageously now let's look a minute at verse 18 it says pray at all times on every occasion in every season with all manner of prayer all manner of prayer there are different kinds of prayer prayer is kind of a word that incorporates lots of different kinds of prayer it's like if i said to you do you play sports well uh she just my friend just said no (laughs) kathy doesn't play sports uh okay i'll go over here now so sports it kind of encompasses a lot of Of uh, sports, of activities. It could be basketball or baseball or tennis or soccer. Um, But I want to say this about that word sports. You cannot play basketball on a tennis court. You cannot play basketball with tennis rules. You cannot play basketball with baseball rules. It just doesn't work. And so the word says that there's different kinds of prayer. And we don't we're not going to go into all the different kinds this morning, but there you know there's the prayer of faith, there's the prayer of agreement when you agree with somebody who believes like you do on a certain situation, or there's the prayer of sanctification. When we take that time and and pray, Lord, you know, just cleanse me. And we spend that time letting uh, his word and his presence wash over us. A prayer of dedication when we say, Lord, I'll go where you want me to go. Uh, Your will be done, not mine. But today we're going to talk about intercession, the prayer of intercession. It says right there, it says in verse 18, watch with strong purpose and persevering, interceding in behalf of the saints, all God's saints, all God's consecrated people. And so intercession, just a a little, a small definition of the word is like you have one person here and you have God here. And between the two, there's a great gulf. And so somebody stands in the middle connecting this person and God, and they pray till they're connected. Now, you know, this, uh, I, this is kind of where uh, my life, I guess would just, I would have to say is intercession, praying, praying for you, praying for the kids, praying for, you know, things that the government, the nations, but it is, uh, praying God's will and bringing p- these things together. Intercession, interceding. I know that you've done that before and people, uh, get into such, uh, Hard situations that sometimes they can't pray for themselves. I don't know, maybe you've been there and you couldn't, you were just so overwhelmed, you could not pray for yourself. And somebody stood in the gap for you. Well, we're going to look at a story in Acts chapter 12. So you may turn there, Acts chapter 12. A story of a man who could not at that time help himself in Acts chapter 12. Now, in Acts chapter 11, they were having big, great. Uh, revival. I mean, uh, they were. it was in Antioch, and, and people were getting saved. They were first called Christians in Antioch, and Barnabas was there, and it was a great time. But then Acts chapter 12, verse 1 says, At about that time, well, this is in Jerusalem, something was happening. I mean, there was good happening over here, but there's some not so good happening over here. Is that kind of the way our world kind of is? And it says, about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to afflict and oppress and torment some who belonged to the church. You belong to the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further and arrested Peter also. This was the days of unleavened bread, the Passover week. Now, I want to just say this. Uh, About Herod this is Herod Antipas there are three Herods that we've already heard about there was the Herod the great who was the king when remember when the wise men came and told Herod that a baby was born and he said kill all the babies two and under and remember all of that and uh, Joseph and Mary heard the voice of the Lord, and they left, and Jesus was spared. That was one Herod. Then there was another Herod. That was the grandfather of this Herod. Then there was another Herod. And this Herod, the second Herod, he was the one who uh, crucified Jesus. Do you remember Herod? They brought him before Herod, and he said, crucify him, crucify him. That fellow was the uncle of this Herod. He is the nephew of That Herod and his grandfather was the first Herod. Now, can you see how evil goes from generation to generation to generation? I mean, you know, but as Daniel, who does our uh, great audio, said, uh, you know, yes, but the Lord said that we are blessed for a thousand generations. Amen? But you do see how from one generation to the next, this line of evilness kept passing down, and they were people who persecuted Christians. I I dare say there are people around the world, Christians, who are being persecuted today. Wouldn't you say so? Absolutely. In fact, let's just take a minute and pray for them. Father, we just lift up those all over the world who believe in your name. We pray for them, Father, those who are being persecuted because they love you, because they believe you, because they put their hope in you. We ask you to comfort them, to strengthen them, to protect them to have them uh, be lifted up out of their circumstances and enjoy heavenly fellowship with you. We pray for their families, your comfort to their families. We pray, Father God, that you protect them from evil. And Lord, we pray that even in the prison, they'll be able to talk about you and witness to you, that they'll boldly proclaim the name of Christ. And we all agree in Jesus' name and said, amen. And so here we have Paul and I mean Peter and he was arrested and it was during the week of the Passover and so they arrested him during the week of the Passover but they couldn't kill him right then because it was against the law during Passover week he couldn't kill anybody he had to wait till it was over but they arrested him and then they were gonna kill him and so uh, you know here he was sitting there I don't know if you can imagine just waiting waiting, sitting there waiting, the thoughts that might go through your head. You're in prison. Now, it says he was in prison, but it wasn't just like your county jail where, you know, that was different. This was a prison, a Roman prison. And I mean, he was deep in the prison, and it was dark, and it was t- smelled terrible, and had big stone uh, walls. And I mean, it was just a, a horrible, horrible prison that he was in. And it said uh, he was delivered, in verse 4, Uh, to four squads of soldiers, of four each, to guard him. Now that's 16. There were 16 guards guarding this one man. And uh, it says they purposed after the Passover to bring him forth to the people. Verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but fervent prayer for him... Persistent prayer for him was made to God by whom? The church. church. Let's say it again. The church. Let's say it again. The church. We are all in the church. We are not here by accident. You know, the word says that we have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And boy, is there ever a time as this. We are all here together. We are walking through this life side by side. We are here for a purpose of God. All of us. I mean, I don't even know. I have to be honest. I don't even know how you found this place unless God would have brought you here, but he brought you here and we're here for a purpose. We are the army of God. We are the army of God, and we have to get this mentality. No, we're not just left here as orphans, woe is me. No, we are the army of God, and we are the church. We are the blood-bought church of God. Hallelujah. The blood-bought church. Jesus paid the price for all of us, and he has given us the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of us, to empower us by the Spirit of God, to stand in on our ground and do spiritual warfare. So here's the church. They're, play, they're praying, persistently praying. Now let's look at this word, fervent prayer. Now that's what it says right there in the Amplified Bible. I don't know what it says in your Bible, but I found one place where it says earnest, earnest prayer, earnest prayer. So I looked that word up. And I want to tell you what that word means. In the Greek, that word means earnest. In the Greek means stretching out to your fullest extent to grasp something that seems out of reach. It's, I mean, hallelujah to Jesus. It says stretching out, stretching out. I mean, I don't do Pilates, but nonetheless, it's a stretching out to your fullest extent to grasp something that seems out of your reach I mean, your whole body is into it. Your whole mind is into it. Your spirit is prompting you. Let's pray with passion. Let's get on this thing. Let's stretch out to our fullest extent, grasping. What are we grasping? We're grasping a hold of the power of God that has the power to break every, every, every prison you would ever be in. Every prison you would ever be in. Stretching out. I'm sure you've seen runners as they stretch out to pass the baton to the next runner. How they stretch forward or they stretch backwards. I mean, they exert all their energy. That's what this word means. This word is earnest, earnest prayer, earnest prayer. I I know you've had that experience. I know you've had this come upon you. When it's just like overwhelming and you think, God, I've gotta pray, I've gotta pray. And maybe you have to excuse yourself and say, I gotta pray, go in your closet, go in your car, but you've gotta pray earnestly. I don't know if any of you remember, this is kind of the picture that came in my mind. I don't know if any of you remember Barney Fife. Well, four of you do, so that's good. Barney Fife was on this show. I mean, I don't know. It was hundred years ago. It was black and white, and uh, he was this policeman, and he worked for Sheriff Andy in Mayberry, and uh, but he was always doing goofy things, and uh, he he did this a lot. He would take the keys, which is a big round keychain, and he'd go in the cell. in in the jail, and he had put the keys on the outside of the door and put them on the hook there, the nail, and he'd go in the cell and close the door and lock himself in. He was was so funny. You had to be there. He was so... It was so funny. And he would reach around. He would reach around the cell. He'd reach around trying to get those keys off of that hook over there. And it'd just be over there. And he'd be smashed up to that cell. And it'd just be smashing on his face. And he'd be trying to grasp it. And finally he could get it. And then sometimes he'd drop it. You know, he was just that way. But this is what this word is. Reaching. Reaching. How much... How much do you want to be set free? How much do you want your kids to be set free? Well, you know something, I mean, little prayers, but God bless my son, God bless us, us four, no more. That's not going to cut it. It didn't for them. It didn't for them, and we are no different than them. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and we have that same passion that the Holy Spirit brings up in us, and we need to reach forth, reach forth to these things that God has for us. And so here he is. He's in a prison, and the church, the church is praying in us. Now listen, this wasn't just a little group of ladies sitting over here, three prayer warriors. This was the church. I'm telling you, I've been one of those little old ladies sitting down in that prayer group. And we prayed a house of fire. We prayed the furnace of fire. We need to get fired up. It doesn't need to just be us three. It needs to be the church of the living God praying, praying with passion, praying, praying earnestly. This is our time church. This is our time. The world, oh my gosh, the world needs you. The world needs your prayers. And I get that. I get that. Sometimes it's inconvenient. I get that. But it's inconvenient being in prison. Let's read on down. So the church prayed for him. And verse 6, that very night, oh my goodness, the very night Herod was coming to get him. Boy, how do you feel about that? I mean, I can relate. It's like the last minute. Have any of you been like to the last minute? Pastor Don Sr. years ago, I'd forgotten about this, just came to me, said, uh, used to call God Jehovah Nick-a-time. <laughs> just in the nick of time. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. The very night, that very night, the last minute, what does that mean to us? Don't give up. Don't give up. Before Herod was about to bring him forth, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. You mean he was about to be killed? They'd already killed James, and he was going to be killed, but what was he doing? Sleeping. First Peter 5, I mean, Peter wrote the book of Peter. First Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your care over on him, because what? He cares for you, and he, he is somebody that knew about that. And so he was sleeping soundly, fastened with two chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prisoner, the prison. And verse seven, and suddenly, I love the suddenlies of God, an angel of the Lord appeared standing beside him and a light shone in the place where he was. I want to say this about that. There is no darkness that is too dark that God's light can't shine in. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. There is no darkness that's too dark that God's light can't shine in. The light shone where he was. And the angel gently smote Peter on the side and awakened him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, tighten your belt, bind on your sandals. And he did so. And he said, wrap your outer garment around you and follow me. And Peter went along following him. And he was not conscious. That was apparently being done, what was being done. But the angel was real. He thought he was seeing a vision. But you know what? He didn't know exactly what was going on, but he obeyed. He obeyed. I mean, have many of you been in situations you didn't really know what you, why you were doing that, but you were following the voice of the Spirit on the inside of you. And that's what he was doing. He was just being obedient. Verse 10. When they passed through the first guard and the second, they came to the iron gate which leads into the city. Of its own accord, the gate swung open and they went out and passed on through one street. And at once the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I really know and am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and delivered me from the hand. I love that. Delivered me. Oh, that just makes me want to cry. Delivered me. Think about you. You know, if I had been in that prison for all those days, waiting, waiting for them to kill me, I would have gone, this is my mind. It would have gone remember when you did this, remember when you did that. No wonder you're here. What's wrong with you? You shouldn't be here. What have you done? Did you do that? I mean, your mind condemned, condemned, condemned. you have like six days of that. And he finally worked his way through and he remembered what God had said. And he came to a place where he had peace in his soul and he went to sleep. He went to sleep because he had an assurance. I want to ask you this morning, do you have an assurance? Do you have an assurance? Delivered me. Think about Peter just a minute. Peter. Peter, the one who denied the Lord. Three times. And he says right here, he delivered me. That just touches my heart so deeply. He was worth Jesus dying for him, loving him, delivering him. And he loves you like that. He loves you just that much. We could say, delivered Eric. We could say, delivered Kathy. Delivered Cody delivered me. Let's just take a minute and let's all say that. He delivered me. Let's say it one more time. He delivered me. Isn't that wonderful? He delivered me. He delivered me. God, you're so good. He delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the Jewish people that were expecting to do to me. Now let's look at this. Let's look at this for a minute. Herod's weapons. Herod had weapons. Herod had a prison. Herod had chains. Herod had sixteen soldiers. Herod had armors and all of these men. He had Herod had Iron gates, all of these are weapons in the natural. They're all weapons in the natural. So I want to kind of frame it like this. I want to call this segment prison versus the prayers. Now, you know, one of my favorite things about doing my lessons, uh, this really, is, is the research. I love to read, my mother was a librarian. I love to do research. I, get, I just get so excited about the research and I hoop and holler at my home when I find these things out or I see these things or the Lord speaks to me. And so here I am thinking, okay, prison versus the prayers. It's like WWE. <laughs> And I'm going to call this the SmackDown. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm going to call it, the SmackDown. And in this corner, in this corner, we've got Hulk Hogan. We've got Junkyard Dog. We've got Road Warrior. And we've got Bam Bam Bigelow. and in this corner we've got you (laughs) I mean seriously it's kind of the way it is sometimes isn't it and honestly that was horrible for me to have to look up (laughs) but I wanted to relate you know I wanted to be related but that's the way you feel sometimes Here's all of this, and then here's you. Here we have the prison versus the prayers. And guess who won? <laughs> yes. So we look at verse 12. When at a glance, he became aware of this comprehending all the elements of the case he went to the house of mary the mother of john whose surname was mark where a large number were assembled together and were what praying this was like a home group and they were praying verse 13 and when he knocked at the gate when he knocked at the gate a maid named rhoda came to answer and recognizing Peter's voice ran in and told the people that Peter was standing at the gate. Look at that, she didn't even open the door. Now listen, there was a knocking on the door. And she didn't even open the door. She ran. I mean, on the other hand, I mean, when you get answered in prayer, don't you get excited? And you're just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. This is so exciting. You're so excited. I can imagine she did that. And she just ran in, and they didn't believe her. In fact, they said, well, they, look what they said. They said, you are crazy. <laughs> but let's read on. But she persistently and strongly and confidently affirmed that it was the truth. And they said, It's his angel. But meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the gate and saw him, they were amazed. I mean, here's this church, been praying for all of these days, been praying for Peter, praying for Peter to get out of prison, praying for Peter to, to uh, find a way out. And they've been praying, believing God. And then when the miracle happens, they didn't even believe it. They told her, you're crazy. And I think because they were just looking at their circumstances, they were looking at all of the things, all of the weapons that Herod had. But it wasn't enough. It wasn't going to ever be enough. The weapons the enemy has, the weapons the world has, is never enough to bring down a child of God. Never. Never. And so can you imagine standing there, and she went in. She heard Peter. She heard his voice. How did she know his voice? Because she had heard him preach. She he had been teaching, she knew his voice, she recognized it, and then there comes a knocking on the door. Where's the door knock? Let's get the door. Have you ever heard this sound yourself? When I mean somebody's going like this and you don't go to the door? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you've got your ring. <laughs> And you think, no, 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 I'm not going to answer that door. I don't know who that is, but now you can look on ring. Can you imagine if you saw Peter standing at your door? And here, here's the thing I want to say to you today. Is there a miracle knocking on your door? Hallelujah. <clears throat> Glory to God. I believe it. I believe there's a miracle knocking on your door. Let's see what that sounds like. I know it. It's a miracle. Knocking on our door, knocking on our door, a miracle. Glory to God is knocking on our door. Glory to God. Let's all stand up. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. There's a miracle knocking on your door. A miracle is knocking on your door. Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're thanking you, Father. We're thanking you that you put this story in here for us to be encouraged today. That look, no matter what the situation looks like, you've made a way. And we all have a miracle knocking at our door. How many need a miracle in here today? We need a miracle. We need a miracle from God. We need a miracle from God. We need that miracle. Glory to God. We need that miracle. Hallelujah. Glory to God. a miracle knocking on your door. We just have to open the door and let him come in. Let Jesus come in. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.